afternoon, everyone. God bless you, and welcome to this live stream at the Resurrection Center. Happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there, all the mother figures, all the spiritual mothers. Um, today is your day. Today is the day that we're going to celebrate you guys, and I just want to take this opportunity to wish all the mothers here in the sanctuary happy Mother's Day. Um, you guys are very special, and the amount of work that you guys put in on a daily basis that is unseen has been seen in God's eyes. And I came to I came to a, a realization after literally like studying all this this week of the person I want to speak about in the Bible. But before we get into that, the title of this message is Woman of Strategy. Mm. And this blew my mind this week when I was reading about this specific individual that a lot of people might have not heard of in the Bible. But let's go to the book of Proverbs, chapter 31, verses 25 through 28. Now, in this book, it's very, it talks about, about wisdom and knowledge in the book of Proverbs. That's why I love going through Proverbs. So Proverbs chapter 31, verses 25 through 28 reads, Strength and honor are her clothing, and she can laugh at the time to come. She opens her mouth with wisdom, and loving instruction is on her tongue. She watches over the activities of her household and is never idle. Mothers and women are very strong, very fearless in many ways. They speak wisdom into their children. They will do anything for their children. They love unconditionally, but most of all, they never stop being a mom. No matter what situation, no matter what is going on, no matter trials, no matter the tribulation at work, the pandemics that are going on, the crises, the one thing that a mother never stops doing is being a mom. Mm. Wake up in the morning and they pray for their children. Their children will go to church. Their children are in church. Whatever they do, nine times out of ten, they're going to say, it's for my children. And it, 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 it struck me because if you watch a lot of professional athletes, you watch mayors, presidents, people who are famous, People who are big on the totem pole, I guess you could say. People who have made it, they get interviewed. And a lot of times what those athletes say is when they get drafted, when something happens, when they go to the Super Bowl, the World Series, the Stanley Cup, whatever championship it is, they always refer to their mom. They always say, I would like to thank my parents. But especially my mom. A lot of people that I see get drafted to say, I would like to thank my mom. I would like to thank my mother. I would like to thank the woman in my life who is that mother figure. Because the one thing that a mother does is always pushes their child to succeed. That's right. A lot of mothers don't get recognized until those, those athletes, those people who are in bigger positions, have that opportunity to announce it. And that leads me to say that 
don't be discouraged on pushing your child and not being announced because you are announced in your child's work. Whatever your child does is a representation sometimes, not all the time, but what your child does is a representation of you nine times out of ten if it's for the good. And so when I was looking into all these videos and seeing these people who have made it get there, have been, become famous, they always refer to their mother. But let's get into what the definition of a mother is. The noun is a woman in relation to her child or children. Now the verb, when I, when I looked at the verb, I was like, wow, okay, now, now I understand why my mom was the way that she is. The verb of the definition of mother is to bring up a child with care and affection, to look after someone kindly and protectively, but sometimes excessively so. Excessively so, sometimes we'll get the child frustrated, we'll get mad, they'll lash out on you. But what happens when, I mean, I, 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 I could be a testament to that because I say it now is, wow, I, I, I said some harsh things to my mom back in the day when I was a teenager, because that's how teenagers are. But I remember having a conversation with her one day and I said, mom, thank you for never giving up on me even when I would lash out, when I would yell, when I would get frustrated because those are the moments that I look back and I said, wow, I got mad at something that my mom was trying to help me do better in, but I got frustrated, but it helped me today because now I realize that wow, she really truly loved me. That unconditional love just took over. And whatever she did was for me. And I, I, I can't even begin to imagine how hard it is sometimes for a mother to push their child, to give encouragement to their child, but have that child be stuck in some sense. But at the same time, they're not gonna be stuck for long because your prayers and everything that you have fasted for will come to pass. Because I am living fruit of that with my mom. I never thought I'd be going to church. And I didn't even know she was praying for me back then. But look at the prayer come to come to path now. 28, I, I came to God 21 years old. So that's 21 years of life that was just for, not forgotten about, but I wasn't in the path that she was praying for, but it eventually came to path. So I was like, whoa, like, wow, prayer is really, really strong. So let's talk about one of the most important women in the Bible. But most people don't know her name. Um, they know her son, Moses. She was vital in the time when Pharaoh ordered all Hebrew babies to be killed in the book of Exodus. Her husband's name is Amram, if I can pronounce that. She was the mother of Moses, Aaron, and Miriam. Miriam was a prophet. Um, Aaron was a prophet, an elder priest, and the older brother of Moses. Uh, she was also known for her faith in God. She's revealed in Exodus chapter 6, verse 20. But I want to go to the book of Numbers. I mean, when I was reading this stuff, it was like, I, I was blown away. I was blown away. Ex, uh, Numbers 26, verse 59. Numbers 26, verse 59.
Numbers 26, verse 59. The name of Abram's wife was Jochebed, the daughter of Levi, who was born to Levi in Egypt. And to Abram she bore Aaron and Moses and their sister Miriam. Sometimes a lot of women, they're known for three things. Mothers, women, they're known for three different things. Who they're married to or associated with, where they came from, or who came from them, meaning who they gave birth to. But they're not known for the important things that they do on a daily basis in their relationship with God, in their communities, in their household. So when I read, that's why I wanted to go to Numbers 26, 59, because it gave in-depth more of who, who she associated with, who did she bear, and who where did she come from. But it didn't specify what did she do, and what did she do. So Exodus chapter 1 is a summary of how Pharaoh wanted to control the Hebrew population. So let's go to Exodus 1, 8 through 14. Exodus 1, 8 through 14. And it reads, Now there arose a new king over Egypt, who did not know Joseph. And he said to his people, Look, the people of the children of Israel are more and mightier than we are. Come, let us deal shrewdly with them, lest they multiply and it happen. In the event of war, that they also join our enemies and fight against us, and so go up out of the land. Therefore they set taskmasters over them to afflict them with their burdens. And they built for Pharaoh supply cities, Pithom and Ramesses. But the more they afflicted them, the more they multiplied and grew. And they were in dread of the children of Israel. So the Egyptians made the children of Israel serve with rigor, and they made their lives bitter with hard bondage in mortar and brick, and in all the manner of service in the field. And their service in which they made them serve was with rigor. So it explains how Egypt was in, uh, the Hebrews were in oppression in Egypt, uh, all the hard work they had to go through. And this is vital to where I'm going with this story. So Exodus chapter 1, 15 through 16. Then the king of Egypt said to the Hebrew midwives, one of whom was named Sephira and the other Pua, when you help the Hebrew women give birth, observe them as they deliver. If the child is a son, kill him. If the child is a son, kill him. But if it's a daughter, she may live. So Jochebed gave birth to Moses during these times. Exodus 1, 17 through 22. The Hebrew midwives, however, feared God and did not do as the king of Egypt had told them. They let the boys live. So the king of Egypt summoned the midwives and asked them, Why have you done this and let the boys live? The midwives said to Pharaoh, The Hebrew women are not like the Egyptian women. For they are vigorous and give birth before a midwife can get to them. So God was good to the midwives, and the people multiplied and became very numerous. 
Since the midwives feared God, he gave them families. Pharaoh then commanded all his people, you must throw every son born to the Hebrews into the Nile. But let every daughter live. Exodus chapter 2. We're going to fast forward. Now a man from the family of Levi married a Levi woman. The woman became pregnant and gave birth to a son, Moses. When she saw that he was beautiful, when she saw that he was beautiful, she hid him for three months. So during a time when all the sons had to be thrown into the Nile, killed. I mean, the Pharaoh didn't want anything to do with these Hebrew boys. The mother, the one who cares, the one who loves, the one who protects, hid her son for three months. Imagine that anxiety that a mom must feel. Having to hide your son from a king who wants to destroy him. That, when I was reading this, it, it blew my mind because that must have been so stressful. Like, you're literally hiding a child. How can, and, and, and everyone can attest when a baby cries, when a baby laughs, how can you hide an infant for three months and not draw suspicion? I mean, I mean, that's called faith. That, that a woman puts away fear and focuses on faith. I mean, wow. So, Djokovic shows us that even difficult times, you can still be a good mother. Don't allow difficulty to take you from your God-given task to raise your child. So, like I said, she had two decisions. Fear or faith. A lot of times, I don't, I can't, I can't put myself, I can only put myself in the shoes of a woman and then in the shoes of a mother, but I cannot attest to it. So, what I see a lot of times is, a lot of times when a mother has that protection over her child, she'll do anything for her child. She will go to beyond measures to protect her child. And when I was reading this part, what came to me was how, no matter how challenging it may be, no matter how frightening it may be, it's still, it's still, it's still a process, but you're still going to do it. And God's going to get you through it. So what I was thinking was is, your child, and I and I bear witness to this from my mom, your, your child can do a hundred things wrong. Your child could do all these things that are in school, you can get a bad report, and the mom will say, well, not my child, not my child. My child, my child, that's called the protector part of what being a mother is. So I was remembering when I was in school and when I was going back to being a teenager and People would be like, wow, you're Ruth's son. Wow, I heard great things about you. Like, really? I wonder what that could be. <laughs> I don't really, I mean, I mean, I could just be acting like, like, I could just be acting my normal self, but I mean, what did you hear? Oh, that, and it's the little things. This is the little things that parents, mothers remember. 
She's like, and she'll say to the day, he'll never go in my pocketbook. <laughs> never. Christopher, go get my phone. Okay. Let me take your pocketbook and let me bring it to you. It could be, but I, I would never go into her pocketbook. And little things, like she'd be like, oh, I gave my son a debit card to go get the money out of the bank. You trust your son with a debit card? Well, he had never taken money from me, so I have control of my bank, and I see that I still have the money that's in there. And I was looking back, and I'm like, man, I did a lot of things wrong, though. But she always gave the benefit of the doubt to me and said, all the positive things. I could have did a million things wrong, but I was always known for what was good. I was always known for that one day that I took the trash out out of the million times that I did it. She'd always say, well, he took the trash out the other day. Okay. And I'm thinking to myself, I only did it once out of like a hundred times that you asked me. And that's only because you said if I took the trash out, I could go to my friend's house. So I only did it because there was there was there was there was something for me to benefit in what she was telling me to do. But when I when I when I was thinking about that, I was like, wow. A kid could do a million things wrong. And a child could do a hundred things wrong in that day. And if you did one right thing, the parent would talk about it, the mother would talk about it. I was like, that's that's dedication and that's true love. Because God always says, you know, you could do a hundred things wrong today. You could sin, but you got to come to God with repentance, and he will forgive you, just like a mother. The mother, from what I've gone through with my mom, if I did something wrong, and I asked her for forgiveness, she would forgive me. But she wouldn't forget sometimes. She would say, I remember when you would do this, so don't do it again. I'm watching you. But I'm going to trust you that you're not going to do this. I'm going to trust you that you're going to do what I have told you to do. So let's go to Exodus 2, verses 3 and 4. Exodus chapter 2, verse 3 and 4. But when she could no longer hide him, she got a papyrus basket for him and coated it with asphalt and pitch. She placed the child in it and set it among the reeds by the bank of the Nile. Then his sister Miriam stood at a distance in order to see what would happen to him. This is where woman of strategy comes in. Because now Jacobed can't hide the child anymore. So she made a basket, a nice basket, placed him in the basket, sent him down the river. But the sister is out watching where that basket is going. So, Exodus chapter 2, verses 5 through 7. Pharaoh's daughter went down to bathe at the Nile while her servant girls walked along the riverbank. Seeing the basket among the Nile, she sent her slave girl to get it. When she opened it, she saw the child. A little boy crying. She felt sorry for him and said, This is one of the little Hebrew boys. Then his sister Miriam said to Pharaoh's daughter, Should I go and call a woman 
from the Hebrews to nurse the boy for you. Can anybody guess who that woman was? Jochebed. So, Jochebed, the mom of Moses, hid the baby, saw the destiny in the baby, protected the baby from the death, sent the baby down the river, but said, hey, Miriam, I need you to watch. Let me see where your brother's going. Miriam watched where the brother was going. Then Pharaoh, I mean, blew my mind. Blew my mind. Like how strategic mothers, women are. I mean, bless your hearts. Because, wow, that is... That is some serious thinking that I would have to do. Like, and that's why I always ask my mom, Pastor Millie, hey, how do these blinds look? How do these curtains look? Because I could have good taste, but not a woman's taste. I mean, women are very, very blessed. Very blessed. So, Exodus chapter 2, verses 8 through 10. Go, Pharaoh's daughter told her. So the girl went and called the boy's mother. Then Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Take this child and nurse him for me, and I will pay your wages. So the woman took the boy and nursed him. When the child grew older, she brought him to Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. She named him Moses, because she said, I drew him out of the water. How is Jochebed so important? Jochebed, so important. Exodus 1 talks about the oppression of the Israelites in Egypt, right? So let's fast forward to Exodus 3, 1 through 9. Exodus chapter 3, verses 1 through 9. Now Moses was tending a flock of Jethro his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the back of the desert and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame, a fire from the midst of a bush. So he looked, and behold, the bush was burning with fire, but the bush was not consumed. Then Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight. Why the bush does not burn. So when the Lord saw that he turned aside to look, God called him from the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, Here I am. Then he said, Do not draw near this place. Take your sandals off your feet, for the place where you stand is holy ground. Moreover, he said, I am God of your father. The God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon God. Verse 7. And the Lord said, I have surely seen the oppression of my people who are in Egypt. I have heard their cry, and because of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrows. So I have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the, the Egyptians and bring them up from that land to a good and large land, to a land flowing with milk and honey, to the place of the Canaanites and the Hittites, Hittites, and the Amorites, and the Parasites, and the Hivites, and the Jebusites. Now therefore, this is all of what Jacobed did, hiding their son, setting it down the river. I mean, 
all of this comes into play in this verse. Now, therefore, behold, the cry of the children of Israel has come to me, and I have also seen the oppression which the Egyptians oppressed them. Verse 10, come now, therefore, and I will send you to Pharaoh that you may bring my people to the children, that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. Imagine how life would be today. Jacobet saw in Moses as an infant. She saw his destiny. She was willing to do whatever it took to keep her baby alive. She kept her son hidden for three months. Now, two decisions changed the whole destiny of this world. So, I mean, it, it changed the whole destiny of the Israelites in Egypt by one decision, choosing faith over fear. Choosing faith over fear. Mothers have so many decisions through a day to choose faith over fear. My child isn't going to church. My child isn't obeying my commands. My child isn't obeying the household commands. My child is out doing whatever they want to do. They're, they're, they're disrespectful. Have faith. Don't give up. Don't give up. Being a mother is very rewarding. It may be challenging. It may be hard. It may be you might have those long nights where you're just like, dang, man, like, I've done everything that I could. I did everything that I could to try to get my child to be the best, to get my child to be who God wants him to be. Faith over fear. That's right. Have that faith. Don't have fear. That's, that's why when I read this story in this chapter, these books on Jacobin, on how to be a woman of strategy. I mean, she hit a child for three months. I could never imagine how hard that is to hide a crying baby for three months. I mean, that's, that's love. That's nurture. That's protection. That's guardianship. I mean, it blew my mind that by her decision, she had a child who changed the destiny of this entire world. I mean, look at look at how, how Moses became an icon in the Bible. Imagine if Jacobet chose fear. What what would what would destiny and what would our lives be? What what, what would the outcome of what Moses did be, who would, and, and, you, and you think about it, like who could be Moses? How could anyone have what Moses had? And that's why when I was reading this, it, it just kind of like blew my mind how sometimes mothers and women seem so insignificant to others, but they're so significant, so significant. And that you who are watching, who will be watching this, cherish your moms. Cherish them. They, they are a precious jewel in your life. They are the ones who care for you, love you, even when you despise them, even when you cuss at them, even when you slam the door in their face. They still love you, regardless. No matter what. <laughs> and that's that's the mind-blowing part of mine. It's like, 
as a child, as a youth, we get so disrespectful and we cuss at our parents, we yell at our parents, we slam the door on our parents, and they still love us. I believe that mothers should not just have a day, they should have a whole week. It should be Mother's Week. And my God, they have Nurses Week, it should be Mother's Week for a whole week. And they don't do anything. The kids clean, the kids cook, the kids do whatever it is. I, I just feel that because when a mom goes through every day, I mean, any parent, but think about it. Whenever you're tired, whenever you're lonely, whenever you're sick, I want my mom. Where's my mom? Whenever something happens, call my mom, please, please call my mom. You know, I'm going to spaz out, just call my mom. And your number one supporter, your mom. That's why when, whenever you have the opportunity to tell your mom that you love her, tell her that you love her. When you leave the house, if you live with her, whatever it is, just send that text message, do that phone call. It is so important because your mother is the rock to who you are. We can all look back in our lives and say, and see how like vital your parents, your mother was in your life. So I just want to close with just saying, continue to move forward. Continue to have that faith. Be that woman of strategy when it comes not not even just to parenthood, but to your own life. God will answer your prayers. God will cover you. God will bless you for the sacrifice that you have done for your child, for your children, for those who are just mother figures, spiritual mothers. God will reward you because with great pain comes great reward. You cry. Those tears are not in vain. Those prayers are not in vain. God hears everything from God sees everything and just lean to him for that comfort so god bless you guys i love you all happy mother's day again to all the mothers um for all those who are watching on social media don't forget to follow us on all social media platforms at trc413 our website resurrectionspringfield.org and across YouTube at uh, Rescent Spring, R-E-S-C-E-N-T-S-P-R-I-N-G. And Crystal Bryan, I love you guys, I bless you, and we will see you guys soon.